So after um, speaking uh, about rendered dead to the law through the body of Christ, being joined to the body of Christ, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. So you too, or this beautiful text in Galatians, I live now by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself over for me in his physical body. That's what saves us. And so he's saying, you see, that that happened. And there are other texts that we could look at. We've just looked at a few. Now, that we might bear fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, um, meaning living a life dominated by all the drives, all the excitement, all the fears, all the stuff going on in the world, they were dominated by all of that, you see. Uh, you see, uh, then the sinful passions because of the law were at work in our members for bearing fruit to death. But now that we have been released from the law and so forth, you see, his notion is, <clears throat> it's hard to grasp what Paul's notion is on nomos here, which means Torah, really. Uh, it was a gift from God. He's going to say that. Funny, it's good and holy and so forth. He's going to say that as well. But I'm not good and holy. And so I fight with the law of God. And uh, I go against it, you see. Uh, now what's happened? We have been released from the law, dying to that by which we were held. That's baptism. You see? So that we serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. The difference is the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, if there's one thing in Western spirituality that is not really very conscious in many, most people's spiritual lives, it's the Holy Spirit. I think I've told you this story before. At the end of the Vatican Council, when they had finished the document on the church, Father Yves Congar, Dominican, and one of the theological experts there, said to Father um, Andrew Screma, Father Screma anyway, a Greek Orthodox guest there, observer, and the theologian. And he said, well, what did you think of that document? He said, it's very good. Now, if we Orthodox were to want to put out a text on the church like that, you see, what we would do is we would talk about anthropology and the Holy Spirit. That would be it. How does the Spirit work through anthropology? I mean, I guess. See, the Church, we can't think of the Church without the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit makes the Church, is the soul of the Church, is the very life principle of the Church. When we get sometime into Ephesians, you'll see that. The body builds itself up in love. Uh, so, consciousness of body, consciousness of spirit. And so, you see, we serve now in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of law. Now, we were re released from the law. What were we released from? Not so that now we're now lawless. We're released from that, re we're released from that domain, that regime that is... Uh, Law. I was praying about this this morning, actually. What's Paul really trying to say? 
And what occurred to me is, he's saying, don't look at law, look at person. Look at Jesus Christ. Don't look at rules and regulations, as important as they are and accurate as they are. But you see, a relationship to law is an impersonal relationship. So, you see, we live in newness of spirit means we relate to God personally. We know Him. And that's the difference. It's not just in the oldness of the letter. It means the before Christ, before death in Christ, dying to the law. The trouble with the regime of the law is not that it's not accurate, it's that it's powerless. And the change is not so much, all of a sudden, I'm so powerful I can keep all the laws in the world. No, I change from abstract to personal. I know the Lord, and I receive grace from Him, and I go to Him and repent when I've sinned. But it's all the difference in the world. And that's, we say, that's the normal Christian life. Uh, and nobody, well, the saints are, but the rest of us can oscillate between abstract and personal until we mature quite a bit. But that's the idea, you see. Um, now that we have been uh, released from the law, uh, dying to that which held us captive, you see, now, there's an interesting text right there, that um, a parallel, in 2 Corinthians um, 3, 6 to 8. I have all these typed up somewhere here. Um, oh, heavens. I guess I didn't bring them with me. All right, we'll just look it up again. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 to 8. Such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Not that of ourselves we are qualified to take credit for anything that's coming from us. Rather, our qualifications come from God, who has indeed qualified us as ministers of a new covenant, not of letter but of spirit. For the letter brings death, but the spirit gives life. Impersonal, personal. There's the law. Do it. Yes, sir. Maybe. Here's the spirit. Live by him. We don't switch automatically, just like, you know, going from second to third in the car, you know. But the difference between the regime of law and the regime of life is the Holy Spirit. That's the difference. And so that's what he's saying here, you see. Uh, and uh, so that we, we, um, we um, live in the newness of the Spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. You see the difference again? It's the same thing. Personal, impersonal. Where's the law? What does it say? You know? Now, shall, what then shall we say? That the law is sin? Of course not. Uh, and now we're going to talk about the relationship between sin and law for the rest of this chapter. You see? Uh, but I did not know sin except through the law. For indeed, I would not have known craving if the law did not say you shall not crave. Laying hold of a basis, sin, capital S, through the commandment, brought about in me all sorts of craving. For without the law, sin was dead. But now, that's enough for now. 
his analysis now. Who is the I all of a sudden? You see? Um, I wouldn't have known sin if it weren't for the law. Who's the I there? So hard to figure out. It's Paul identifying himself on the basis of his own experience, identifying himself with every man, every person. Some say, well, it's Adam, and this is a description of Adam when he was tempted, uh, and that's possible, and some great scholars hold that, ancient and modern. Or it's just Paul, the ego that he's talking about, ego in, in Greek, you know, this word, um, that's Paul's experience of being one of every man. And so, uh, you see, uh, I didn't know sin except through the law. For I would not have known epitimia, craving. Uh, that's the way I translated it, yeah. Um, what's the word they usually use? Um, oh, I'll get it right out of your text here. What is the word? Uh, I would not have known uh, desiring, craving. It's a it's a key word. I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I translated craving, and I'm sure I'm correct. But now I want to try to find out what the word is um, in our text. I did not know. I did not covet, that's the word I'm looking for. Coveting. You shall not covet. Now, uh, in the rabbinic tradition, you see, that the, that's the last of the, of the commandments, right? Uh, and uh, what's being said is, uh, you see, for instance, uh, well, the word, you see, chamad, uh, you shall not covet. Actually, the Hebrew word means a strong interior craving that is usually acted out. Hamad. That's why for the rabbis, the Tenth Commandment covers them all. Don't yearn for sin, and you won't commit it. Don't crave, you see, and you won't commit it. So, lotachmud means don't covet, don't desire. And uh, they have some very um, um, interesting, um, you see, you shall not desire, covet your neighbor's house, to desire to seize and make your own, anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the first two commandments were considered as one, then the tent was subdivided into house and wife. For one person to crave the goods of another with all the overt and covert actions that leads to this is to destroy the very basis of a peaceful society. I wrote that. Um, but that's what the letter of James is talking about. Covet means go beyond your limits for your own ego. I really like that car over there that guy's got. I think I'll swipe it. Coveting leads to sinning. And so he's saying, you see, I would not have known uh, what it means to covet. Uh, you see, unless the law had said, 
you shall not covet. Now, that's a good rabbinic way. Paul, the, the professional theologian, Jewish theologian, that sums up the law. Don't covet. You see? Now, taking that uh, uh, point, through that, laying, laying a hold of a basis, sin, capital S, through the commandment brought about in me all sorts of craving. For without the law, sin was dead. This is very difficult stuff to understand. But we do, and we intuitively understand that. You know, if something's forbidden me, it means if I lay hold of it, I'll have something I don't have now. And that's original sin. You will be like God's knowing good and evil. I don't know good and evil, but I will. Meaning what? You will do what you want, and you will say whether it's good or evil. Satan is playing with words. They do sin, and now they know good or evil, but not like they have command and they can do what they want, and they're the law unto themselves. They experience in their own bodies, in their own life, in their own eventual death, good and evil. So, and if you notice in that um, Genesis text, the description of the sin, she looked at it. It looked delightful to look at uh, and enticing to make one wise. The pull of the concupiscence of the flesh, concupiscence of the eyes, and the pride of life. There in that description of sin. And so, this is an analysis of sin. If I get that, I will be out from under God either totally or partially. Now I can do what I want. That's what they mean by you shall not covet, you shall not crave, you see? That's why he puts it, because that's the heart of every sin. I want to be like God. I want to be God. I don't want anybody over me. And that's the sin. You see, it's going to take us a while to get through chapter 7, but it's very important. As difficult as it is, and Paul's language is difficult, but... We're going to go slowly and work our way through it because it is so valuable for us in our own spiritual lives.